G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, let's check in with the Australian Christian Lobby. Dan Flynn is the Chief Political Officer at the ACL, joining us today. Hello, Dan. Welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Great to be here. Trust you well. I am. Thank you so much, Dan. Listen, the big thing, I guess you might say, on the horizon in building up, and uh, we always do like to give some special attention to state elections when they roll around. Well, the West Australian state elections coming up this Saturday, 13th of March. Uh, what are your impressions overall as to how things are developing for this state election? Neil, there's no doubt that the McGowan Labor government has momentum on its side, you know, uh, probably an overwhelming uh, momentum because it's, you know, kept the state safe from COVID and people are very much um, very grateful for that. Uh, the the Liberal uh, Party there is basically uh, conceding that that is the case, um, but their campaign is to um, stop Labor having control of both houses. And uh, I think the work of the Australian Christian Lobby in that dynamic has been to highlight some concerns about a returned ALP government, uh, particularly in relation to uh, laws that would uh, criminalise parents for, um, you know, keeping their children on a biological pathway should they uh, question or wander, uh, and the restriction on churches to um, teach anything but a trans-affirming approach. So, you know, uh, the strategy of um, reformist political parties is, is to stay quiet about the things that they would really do on a social front before they're elected and then do them once they're in. Um, that's a well-known strategy. Um, here we are in a circumstance where there has been a statement made by a um, somebody representing the Minister of Mental Health on Hansard in the Parliament saying, look, we are looking at the Victorian legislation and so we know it's under consideration by the ALP. Uh, we are very concerned that if the ALP government has control of the upper house, uh, that they would push through uh, a bill equally as harmful as Victorians. Uh, so, Neil, our campaign is focused on alerting um, not only our supporters, uh, but our, uh, the voters more generally uh, in key seats of these concerns. Dan, the Victorian Conversion Bill, and we've given a lot of attention to it, the dangers that that presents when you outlaw Christian prayer, pastoral care, and you've even got the government with an intention to re-educate the churches. In other words, telling churches what they can preach and what they can't, including passages from the Bible. So it really becomes a dreadful intrusion. And so you've got the WA election coming, and they've already flagged, it's in their platform, to do something along the lines of the Victorian Conversion Bill. If they've got both the lower house and the upper house after Saturday, uh, there'll be no doubt they'll just go the whole hog and 
really take on and perhaps even, and I'll, I'll get your impression here, could they go even worse uh, than what's happened in Victoria? Uh, what are your thoughts for just how serious it is that they might even be considering a way to criminalise Christians? Look, I think they are considering it. I'm, I'm not certain that it's in their platform. I'm not sure that they've been so overt about it, which is what particularly uh, concerns us. Um, could they go further? Uh, yes, potentially they could, but it's actually hard to imagine anything much worse than uh, the Victorian legislation with jail terms uh, for parents and pastors. Um, and uh, if if that were implemented in WA, that would be a, a, a terrible thing. But perhaps one of the elements of the Victorian legislation is the fact that it reaches across state borders and people can be extradited for a breach of the Victorian legislation, even though the the event occurs in another state. And so if we see that, which I think is constitutionally very questionable, but if we see that rolled out again in WA, uh, then uh, it becomes more and more acceptable that um, a local police force uh, could cross borders and arrest pastors. It's a a very strange concept, but uh, if uh, something that's taken as a conversion therapy, something that would seek to suppress uh, somebody's uh, sexual orientation or, or newfound gender um, and the effect of that was felt in Victoria, uh, then um, somebody in that other state who made the statement in another state has committed a, a crime. Uh, very serious concerns. Uh, it, it seems unreal. And this is part of the problem, Neil, is in explaining this to people, uh, they find it very hard to believe. And of course, uh, that's why uh, the... Uh, the ALP government um, is remaining tight-lipped about this, despite getting questions uh, from uh, both the Australian Christian lobby uh, and from uh, the gay lobby on this, remaining tight-lipped. Um, but um, we do have it on hand, Saad, uh, that they have been given consideration to the Victorian legislation, and that's enough. Just to pick up on a finer point of what you just said, Dan, when you said... It could be possible that uh, people could be extradited from Western Australia to Victoria under that sort of legislation that Victoria has presented. Uh, And we're all asking this sort of question, you know, how can you make laws in a state that affect the whole nation? But if WA were to pursue the same level of legislation, that creates a partnership, does it, between two states where there could be some sort of extradition type of treaty uh, or however that looks. uh, I'm not sure what the legal terminology might be, uh, but where people could be, in fact, uh, uh, under uh, uh, legal uh, challenges interstate. Is that the way it could work? Look, you'd have a sort of a rep... uh, uh, They'd reflect each other, they'd match each other, but but probably the situation could arise in this way. If you had somebody approaching a South Australian pastor who said, look, they're same-sex attracted, but their efforts are to remain truthful to their faith, uh, could the pastor pray and help for them? Uh, help them. If the pastor might be wise to ask, well, what state are you from? And if that individual says, I'm from Victoria or from Western Australia, um, a, a pastor may be so intimidated as to say, well, look, I'm unable to help you, um, but I might help you if you lived in South Australia. So this is the um, this is the net that is falling across the country uh, in terms of a, um, a totalitarian uh, LGBT uh, regime, as it were, uh, on discussion about um, 
issues relating to transgender and um, uh, same-sex attraction. Uh, people of faith uh, have to be uh, very cautious, uh, but certainly as the Moderator General of the Presbyterians uh, has pointed out, uh, Daniel in the Bible, uh, when he was faced with a law like this, he couldn't pray, uh, opened his windows and continued to pray as usual, and that is certainly um, what is advocated by uh, our leader, Martin Isles, and notably by the Presbyterian Church, uh, that we must serve God rather than man. Lots of issues to uh, to pick up on, but uh, just a personal thought or two here from you, Dan, because uh, obviously when state elections roll around, and uh, as Christians we tend not to take sides in a partisan way, but usually the policies of the parties uh, give you a clear impression as to which way Christians ought to vote. But I wonder whether you're, uh, whether you've got a, an, an insight or two onto the way that Christians don't necessarily uh, tend to vote according to their Christian conscience. Uh, they just sort of go turn up to the polls and uh, cast their vote for whoever looks like they're popular or looks like they're on the winning team or kept us safe through the pandemic or whatever it might be. Uh, what are your thoughts for how you might thoughtfully and prayerfully uh, cast a vote uh, in this coming state election? Because, I mean, uh, let me just, uh, you know, just qualifying this as well, because uh, the uh, the Liberal opposition hasn't really put their hand up to say, hey, uh, Christians should vote for us. Uh, there's an Australian Christians party, um, but they're a smaller party. How, do you, how are your thoughts here about Christians being prayerful and thoughtful about how they might vote in WA this weekend? Uh, they need to be prayerful and wise. Um, if they go to the Australian Christian Lobby website, they'll see at the top of that website uh, a WA uh, votes uh, site that's linked to our uh, page. It's on the top of our webpage through a hyperlink. And the good work that Peter Abetz, our West Australian director, has done is prepared a list of candidates who support Christian values in the lower house uh, and in the upper house, two separate lists. You'll see in there Australian Christians, independents, liberals, Labor MPs, um, in one nation in both the upper and the lower house. So uh, I, think it's, I think it's wisdom for... Western Australian voters to access those lists uh, and look at uh, who is in their electorate and who is worthy of their vote. Uh, and, you know, they may think, oh, well, rather just vote above the line in the upper house, I'm going to actually pick out people uh, in my district or region uh, who will support Christian values. So that's uh, some great uh, detailed work by Peter Abetz uh, which I certainly commend to your listeners in Western Australia. And given that people are already pre-poll voting, uh, there's some urgency there to check out where those particular candidates and those parties might stand uh, on a lot of different issues when it comes to the Western Australian state election. So uh, uh, you'll find that link on the ACL website, acl.org.au. Hey, Dan, let's touch on some other big issues. Uh, we used to talk about individual states that were pursuing euthanasia laws. Uh, now, it really would come to a, a nationwide update because there's a number of states that are pursuing these euthanasia laws. Uh, perhaps uh, you'd like to give us an impression here. It's Tasmania, it's Queensland, ACT in the Northern Territory. Uh, which ones of those can we highlight today? I think that... Uh the Tasmanian one has been, a, in a sense, a slow and tortuous debate. 
uh, coming to a head last week, uh, whereby euthanasia uh, was legislated. There were some um, sort of amendments or some uh, exclusions sought for faith-based institutions that they would not have to participate, as they do not have to participate in Victoria, and that was defeated. So that's a that's a loss for uh, faith-based hospitals in Tasmania. Uh, and uh, one of the other things that was raised was that a doctor who's consulting with somebody who wants assisted suicide um, should not be able to do so by Zoom or telehealth. Uh, however, uh, the Tasmanian law makes special provision for that. Zoom, a Zoom link uh, for assisted suicide, uh, that's contrary to federal legislation, uh, but nevertheless, it's still passed. So we see really one of the worst forms passing in Tasmania. Um, and that's really because of Labor, it's because of Greens, and it's because of enough Liberals who had a conscious vote and voted for the bill, passing 16-6 in the lower house. Queensland, we know, um, not wanting to be left behind, they're saying, well, look, we originally had a long implementation time frame. We're now going to truncate that and, and get it done. Uh, so we are actively campaigning there uh, that uh, this not be rushed, uh, that all the relevant elements be considered, um, and I think significantly, <coughs> excuse me, Neil, the, um, the ACT Northern Territory are seeking to, um, um, I suppose, overturn the ban that the federal government holds over them implementing such laws. Uh, so ACT Northern Territory working together, uh, as you recall, the Northern Territory legislated euthanasia in 1995. It was law for a few years before uh, Kevin Andrews a piece of legislation um, changed that and outlawed euthanasia in Northern Territory, uh, but that discussion is well and truly back on. Uh, so, um, uh, time for prayer, time for advocacy. Um, you know, we must value life uh, at its most vulnerable points at the beginning uh, and at the end. And, uh, you know, we might venture the idea of another signal of the rise of authoritarianism when faith-based hospitals, as you say, Dan, are forced to participate in practices that take human life, that go completely against uh, their own ethical model, uh, challenging times. Hey, let's uh, touch on some other points because there's so many things to talk about. Let's talk about uh, an online safety bill and uh, the idea of regulating online content. Uh, what's happening with this particular bill? There's a bill called the Online Safety Bill which uh, entered the Parliament uh, last week uh, after a short consultation period and uh, that bill um, you know, is, I suppose, ostensibly to prevent cyberbullying and it allows um, uh, any cyberbullying material to be removed. Uh, any image-based um, uh, images related to children, etc., to be remove something that's deemed harmful by the e-safety commissioner uh, can be taken down and obviously uh, viol clearly violent material uh, can be removed. And so it's um, uh, the original focus of this was relating to violent material, uh, but hopefully the bill uh, relates to other harmful material. I see subsequently that the e-safety commissioner has backed off somewhat and said, look, we're not really wanting to um, get involved in issues like pornography and um, adult entertainment, etc. So that was a, a weakening of uh, the e-safety commissioner's uh, position. 
However, um, the Australian Christian Lobby uh, last Tuesday uh, became aware that there was a, a short consultation period available before the Senate and made a submission on Tuesday saying that the government should adopt its own recommendations from February last year when uh, a cross-party committee recommended age verification for access to pornography. So uh, currently anybody who wishes to gamble online needs to um, provide some details to verify that they're 18. And it's certainly the Australian Christian Lobby's position that age verification um, ought to be supported and uh, it's really a question of how that is supported. And the details of that are complex, um, you know, uh, and we're yet to really, uh, I suppose, land the policy on how. Um, but it's important because uh, our children, as soon as they have an iPhone, uh, five clicks and they're into some very hardcore pornography. Uh, one of the ideas that has been suggested, for example, is that uh, a credit card uh, be uh, provided or swiped uh, even though it may cost nothing, but it's a verification process. So something like that uh, we are recommending be added to this online safety bill, uh, which on the face of it uh, is a pretty good bill. Well, some of these things seem like common sense when we apply them to our children, and so it becomes a very important issue. Uh, let's just touch on one more issue. Uh, Mark Latham in New South Wales, he has a bill uh, that is before the upper house in New South Wales on gender ideology. Uh, how are things going with, uh, with his bill there? Uh, he has a bill that's before a committee. Uh, it's an education bill. The bill seeks to essentially do two things, to ban the teaching of gender ideology uh, in public schools and to declare certain areas of ethics as matters of parental primacy uh, for which uh, parents ought to be informed if certain subject matter is to be taught. Uh, the banning of gender ideology uh, is a great idea in, in many respects, um, Safe Schools was banned in New South Wales by Premier Berejiklian, sorry, um, um, yeah, Berejiklian. Um, uh, now I've got the, uh, I've got my name, my Premier, That's right. uh, Gladys, let's call her Gladys, Berejiklian. Gladys, yep. Uh, she cancelled this. However, um, it's, all, it's all come in uh, through other means and so gender ideology teaching is very much a part of, uh, of the process and his plans to ban it are excellent. There has been a survey out and about which closed last uh, Sunday night. Uh, and can I say that um, uh, the results of this should be looked at very closely uh, because many, many people in New South Wales uh, were asked to provide their view about whether uh, this ought to be banned. And um, uh, I think we should look with... Um, uh, this will be a very truth-telling moment uh, when the results are published. What percentage of New South Wales people are opposed uh, to gender ideology teaching. What percentage uh, do support Mark Latham's bill? This will be an important message for the government uh, as it, it goes to consider the bill. I think we'll know those results publicly in about a week's time. OK, uh, we'll be looking forward to getting an update on those things. Uh, Dan Flynn, Chief Political Officer at the Australian Christian Lobby. Dan, great getting your insights, your update as always.
let me point people to the the, the usual uh, website, of course, acl.org.au. Tremendous uh, resources there. You can read about the issues as they're unfolding, acl.org.au. You'll also find a link to the wavotes.org.au site, and uh, especially for Western Australian listeners this morning who are thinking, uh, well, I'm going to be casting my vote for the WA state election. Uh, it's uh, happening this coming Saturday, wavotes.org.au, and you'll be able to see what candidates and parties have uh, as their responses to a whole lot of questions uh, that have a Christian foundation to them and you'll be able to pick up where they stand in those ethical and moral positions. Uh, Dan Flynn, just great getting your insights. Thanks so much for updating us once again today on 2020. That's my pleasure, Neil. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.